You're listening to WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. Let's get the latest in New Hampshire government news with our friends at the New Hampshire Bulletin. Get their articles at NewHampshireBulletin.com. They join WKXL in the morning every Friday, and this week I'm joined by reporter Amanda Gokey. Welcome back. Hi, AJ. Thanks for having me. So a recurring thing that's been brought up over the last year is ever since the census came through is congressional maps. And uh, that's continuing to be the case. And Sununu even says he'll veto the current maps as they currently stand. What's going on there? Yes. So there were two sort of big things that happened on Thursday. Um, One was that the Senate voted to approve the congressional district maps. And I should note the congressional district maps have definitely been the center of um, attention in this process. But voting districts for the House, the Senate, uh, Executive Council, those are all being redrawn as well. Um, So the Senate did push through those maps for the congressional district today in a vote. And and shortly afterwards, Sununu put out a statement saying um, that he would veto those maps uh, when they do go to his desk. So moving forward, what that means, um, those maps would then go back to the House because that's where they originated. And they would have to get a two thirds majority vote in order to override the veto and push through without the governor's approval. Um, Democrats have been pretty vocal opponents of these maps. They've called them gerrymandered. They're saying that they give partisan advantage to um, one party over the other. Essentially, what um, independent analysis has shown is that they would create one congressional district that's really solidly Republican, while the other would be very firmly Democratic. And obviously, that undermines the competitive nature of elections um, that has been shown to, you know, increase turnout and, and just make sure that people are really engaged with the process when voters feel like the, the outcome of a, an election is a foregone conclusion, they're less likely to show up to the polls. So that's why people have really been speaking against these maps. Um, and so if they, if, if the map is vetoed and it goes back to the House, um, it would likely have to be amended and they would have to reach some sort of compromise that the Democrats would be on board with in order to get that two thirds majority vote to move these maps forward. Is there anything specific that stands out with like where the borders are drawn that really stands out or is it just in general they just they don't like how it, how it was done? So people have pointed out um, that it you know the way that it looks that's one thing that sort of garnered a lot of attention. Some people have said it looks like a claw. Others have said it looks like a beggar and a cap. Um, it does move sort of solidly democratic parts of the seacoast into a district with other democratic leaning um, communities. And so that's sort of the mechanism that allows for voters of one that lean to one political affiliation to be grouped together. And that's called packing. Um, so so that's one of the things that that you see. And that's been really criticized by um, by observers of this process. I'm going to put on my cynical radio host hat here for a second. The Democrats are going to get a huge win off of this. Ultimately, it's going to make their their congressional district that, that currently they already have a considerable amount of sway in. Just look, this is yours now, basically, for the next decade. Like, uh, wh- why don't they go along with it? I think it gets at what I was mentioning earlier, which is the fact that it is pretty bad for democracy and for people's participation, their trust in the process, which is uh, something that we're seeing right now really be eroded in a way that um, I think has raised valid concerns. Um, So I think that's that's one major 
reason that uh, people have have flagged this as a, as an issue of concern, regardless of political affiliation. And I should say to um, you know the legislature right now is controlled by Republicans, but you know both political parties engage in gerrymandering. It's not oh, just yeah. one party or the other. So um, right now we're in a Republican controlled legislature, but it could happen. Um, and and you know has happened in states where there's uh, Democrats are in control as well. So it's not to say there's one party that's that's free uh, of doing this. And from just a general culture that we have in New Hampshire, it very much is supposed to be very purple. Like we're, we're, we're very well known here for going back and forth. I mean, we had Governor Hassan in office for a long time. We've got all these Democrats that are on the, the federal end of uh, representation here for the state. Um, and then the statewide, we end up going conservative with everything. It's, it, it's, it, I believe it's very important also that, that we continue that, um, that purple state behavior that, and ultimately it's going to help when the first in the nation primary comes back around if we're if we're shown as being very partisan gerrymandered when that comes around it's going to make us look illegitimate to the rest of the country well and that point that you're bringing up aj is a, is a good one it's one i've heard mentioned a lot the breakdown that i've heard is you know a third republican a third democrat a third sort of undecided and would would go for one candidate or another of, of either party and so for those voters they're especially you know at a disadvantage with a with a gerrymandered map if that does move forward, because then their voices, it's really just um, the expression that I've heard over and over again in this and reporting is, you know, gerrymandering is when politicians are picking their voters when it really should be the opposite way around where voters should be picking uh, their elected representatives. So I think that's the... The saga continues, so we'll have to keep an eye on it for for, the, for a certain amount of time. I mean, is there a deadline when this has to be locked down by? That's another great question. So there's a filing period that comes in, in June. So that's sort of regarded as this uh, in, <laughs> upcoming deadline that um, things have to sort of be finalized. By then, I was speaking today with Olivia Zink, who's the executive director of um, Open Democracy Action, and she was telling me, you know, 20 years ago, redistricting happens every 10 years. And she was saying 20 years ago that the Secretary of State actually can push that deadline back for filing. Um, so that's a possibility. But I think that that's for right now, at least the deadline that we're we're looking at for getting these maps approved and, and moved through the whole legislative process. Are these maps going to have much an effect on uh, state races or is this strictly for federal races? So the map that we're talking about right now, the map that Sununu today uh, said that he will be vetoing, that's congressional districts. But as I mentioned, these also this process also happens for House races. It happens for the House of Representatives. It happens for the Senate. And it happens for the Executive Council as well. So all of those maps are currently being um, they're currently moving through this same process and some of the same concerns from, you know, critics of these maps apply there as well. Um, with House districts, really one of the main issues, people in New Hampshire, obviously we have a huge House of Representatives and towns were really adamant they wanted to have their own dedicated representative if they had enough population to get that. Um, and that didn't happen in a lot of cases. So so that raised a lot of concerns for people throughout the state um, in, in public listening sessions. 
depression. So I know that was one major, major complaint. And then you'd see things like college towns that didn't really have much in common being grouped together um, in districts and, you know, the sort of that same principle I was talking about packing democratic leaning voters together um, to make other, you know, districts easier to win for Republicans, that sort of same pattern happened in those other maps as well. So, you know, people like Olivia Zink, who I mentioned earlier, are calling on Sununu to, to veto not just the congressional district maps, but these other the House and Senate map as well. Yay. That'll be fun. All right, here we go. <laughs> we're continuing with that for a while. Uh, hopefully I can continue to understand what we're talking about with it. It got a little rough early on. I'm like, oh my God, I don't understand what this means. But I, I, I get it now a lot more, especially when we talk about the federal races. So. Well, and uh, the fact it's only once every 10 years, I think, too. Yeah. It's like, you know, for a lot of people, for some people, for me, I know this is the first time I'm really tuned into it. And I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people as well. So that memory, it's not like the rate, other races where it's every two years, every four years, which is a much shorter time span. So. Yeah, I was fresh out of college. Like, I didn't care what was going on with these maps at that point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was busy trying to get this radio station on the air. All right, moving over to um, some other bills that were being proposed over at the legislature. They've been very busy at uh, in Concord the last few weeks, and that's definitely the case this week. Uh, th- there's been some discussion regarding repealing conversion therapy bans and barring trans students from sports that you wrote about. Yeah, so I guess the first thing um, to mention with this, the conversion therapy ban that was first enacted in 2018 and that was signed into law by Sununu. Conversion therapy is essentially when, um, you know, people try to change somebody's gender identity or sexuality. Um, and it's been linked with some pretty terrible uh, impacts on, on youth in particular, like twice as uh, high attempted suicide rates. Um, And so the trans community and the LGBTQ community really were um, speaking out against this very strongly. There are 20 other states right now that have a similar kind of ban in effect against these practices, which have been discredited by major medical societies. They they don't work, um, but they do have a lot of harmful side effects. in New Hampshire, if this had moved forward, it would have been the first state to repeal such a ban. Um, so that's on the side of conversion therapy. Um, the sports side if of If I could stop you before we move on to, yeah. to that one, because uh, I haven't seen the legislation, the, the original ban or anything like that. Have you, have you actually seen uh, what the wording is on that at all? Um, I haven't looked at the wording for that, no. Um, but I just know that it was, I, from what I, my understanding, in line with um, you know what other states mm-hmm. have have done. To- the- there's a, there's a lot of confusing stuff when it comes to it where it where a lot of especially on the conservative side where it's it's extremely limiting so I've, I'm, I should actually look into it myself because I'm, I'm very curious because there's a lot of very limiting bands out there where it's it hurts people that are unsure on um, trying to be this is a very sensitive topic so I'm being, trying to be very careful with my wording I'm, I'm not trying to beat around the bush on it, um, it there's a lot of legislation out there that's very restricting when it comes to affirming of people that are currently that that are that are maybe have gender dysmorphia and are unsure whether they want to proceed with changing their gender or anything like that so i'd be very curious to see what that that looks like um but sorry the, the tangent you go go ahead with what you're saying 
That was definitely, I think, the on the Republican side of this um, legislative debate. That was definitely a concern that Republican legislators brought up and they said, you know, people should be allowed to work through complex feelings mm -hmm. about um, their gender and sexuality identity. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, even with there was an amendment introduced um, and people in the LGBTQ um, advocates essentially said that really, you know, these these people who um, are practicing that, it just opens the door to potential for a lot of abuse and oh, yeah. that um, that that amendment was was uh, something that they opposed. Um, and then so the sort of other bill that also gathered a lot of attention on this similar topic um, had to do with sports and really what it looked at doing was putting a biological definition of sex into state statute um, and again republicans um, said that that would be important if they wanted to draw distinctions on biological sex for sports teams but also for bathrooms potentially and um in the in prisons so there were three sort of main areas that that hmm. bill was was aimed aimed at those are broad and very different subjects that that seem like they're getting uh, crammed down into very limited amount of legislation it, it means that a fair uh, observation of that? Um, I'm not sure I, I know exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, it's those are very different things ultimately when it comes to trying to decide what to do for legislation. I mean, personally for me, when it comes to sports, I feel like it should vary sport to sport and that the, the individual school leagues should be making determinations on it. Like, Because um, there has been some concerns over people getting hurt that are maybe not in the league that they should be in and that's totally up to them uh bathrooms i mean school districts should be making determinations on that in my opinion prisons I, i'm a little skeptical on uh what they might what anyone might be making decisions on one way or another on that because there there are, have been at least in other states concerns over um putting uh transgender individuals into the opposites into the their um their chosen genders uh, prison as opposed to their biological sexist gender. And I think that that's a point that uh, Democrats raised yesterday or two days ago now on the on the floor, which was that, you know, this is a very broad and, and far reaching bill. Um, there are sort of already different entities, whether it's, it's sports or schools that are addressing these issues. Um, and and to be clear, the bill wouldn't have um, prescribed uh, or mandated that a particular course of action occur. It would have just included that definition in state statute. And uh, members of the trans community said, you know, that would their concern with that was that it would be discriminating against them, that it sort of draws a line specifically around this one group of people um, who's a very small population in the state. Right. Um, you know, some of the the lawyers who do advocacy work on this that I spoke with um, 
you know, said that it would have a, just a negative um, impact on, a, on such a small and already vulnerable population, minority population. So that was some of the concerns that they brought forward with this legislation. And, and as I keep saying with a, with a lot of the legislation that's proposed this session is it it's legislation looking for a problem that doesn't necessarily exist presently. Uh, I've seen that a lot with certain aspects of the education bills that are being brought up. I mean, I haven't at least... I think I'm pretty well informed. I wouldn't say I'm the most informed in the world when it comes to everything, but none of this seems to be an active dispute in the state. Like I, I could, to a certain extent, understand some of the concerns over education, but a lot of this stuff doesn't seem like there's any um, groundwork that they're trying to work with. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point, and I think that you know that came up in some of the reporting on this as well. Um, you know, people talked about trans issues being a political wedge issue. So it's yeah. something that politicians could potentially use to mobilize voters. And um, as you said, there's not necessarily a on the ground issue um, where it's where it's coming from, but a, a cynical view could look at it uh, from that lens of, um, you know, this is something that we've certainly seen nationally as uh, is, is gathering a lot of attention around it um, and and so could be used for, sort of for political reasons in that way you're you're on you're on the ground here in New Hampshire seeing what's going on at the state house I mean are you seeing a lot of more more national organizations kind of taking interest in what's going on at the state house than maybe you would have expected? That's a good question. I mean, I will say my sort of historical depth with New Hampshire. I'm, I mean, I'm new to the the state relatively, coming up on my one year uh, <laughs> one year anniversary of reporting here. Um, but I think that you know, certainly with this issue in particular, there is a lot of you know. I've heard advocates told me this was a record breaking year for what they view as anti-trans. Um, legislation. So in that sense, New Hampshire is not an exception to this. It's it's following that national um, in that national trend. Another area that I report on is um, I've been following some of the immigration bills and, you know, the um, those two. I know that there's been some involvement of um, national groups as well. Um, and I don't know, you know, to, to make more more sweeping generalizations than that, but it, it certainly happens from from time to time, and um, one issue to the next. Yeah, it, it it's definitely across the board. I mean, you see you're seeing uh, red states trying it. Uh, like Texas and uh, Florida get imitated by state level politicians in more purple states like like New Hampshire and a lot of the Midwest. So it, it'll be interesting really to compare when the next session comes around to see if the, this pattern continues because there's a lot of things to follow that definitely will not be resolved this week for sure. Amanda Goki over the New Hampshire Bulletin. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, AJ. NewHampshireBulletin.com to get more of their work, doing great journalism over there, and I suggest you check them out. You're listening to WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead.